Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. Welcome. There's a lot of these episodes of Tapes and Scouts. Oh, for sure. There's a lot. There's several. Many, like many. more than 13 episodes, which I consider anything above 13, I consider to be a lot. Some sort of legacy we're creating here. It's really crazy to me that we've done this so many times. And that people come back. Oh, they definitely don't. Oh, well, hello, all the new people. Yeah, it's all new people. Hello, people of the future. Yeah. Discovering they, us. Yeah, they have to slaughter the previous group and then oh, listen. Right, right, right. Because yeah. it only plays in that one room. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. The red room. The Red Room. Yeah. Yep. Where, where they read the thing that says, push this button and it plays the podcast. And then the knife puppy eliminates the people in the room. Precisely. I understand. Yeah. I mean, you can, you only get to listen to perfection one time and then that's the end of your existence. Oh. Yeah. That's actually kind of beautiful in a way. It isn't. Oh. It makes us sound way cooler than we are. Oh, yeah. We're not cool. No. Well, movies. I got two of them. I also have two. And uh, you think you might end better than me, you say? I say. That means I have to start. You say. I say, and I chose a difficult movie for me specifically. I saw this on your list, and I was like, holy What did, what did you think when you saw this on my list? I'm always excited when you go after these really, like, these are movies that I, ch- I tend to. I challenge to, myself. Yeah, and it, but it's good. It's because these are movies where, like, the more you get into movies, these are ones where you kind of, like, you hear people talk yeah. about them all the time. But as, like, a contemporary audience, our standards and thoughts are so different. Like, it's hard to view a movie like this. This movie has what's considered to be the best cut of all time. Of all time, yes. And it's like, I think that would pass so many modern audiences by as like, they just wouldn't even think about it. But it's like, that changed the landscape of how we make movies today. But does that, should that thought flood into your brain while you're reviewing the movie so it makes it you have to kind of separate the same way i separate the art and the artist you have to separate the legacy of the film from the film you're being presented with that's right yeah what what movie are we talking about people 1962's lawrence of arabia that's right this is one of my father's favorite movies your father has good taste in movies. one movie that i have tried to watch so many times over the years and as a younger person it was very difficult mm-hmm. <laughs> so i watched this on the 31st of july july 2023 this movie is three hours and 38 minutes it is which my biggest cinema sin is is pace and length and time so i figured let's pick one of the most beloved long movies in the history of cinema and see what i think about it that's right i thought that'd be a fun thing a movie so long it could basically be three different reviews correct yeah (laughs) your genre adventure biography drama directed by david lean Yep. Starring Peter O'Toole, Alec Guinness, and Anthony Quinn. Like, what a set of names you just said. Like, I know. You Isn't can't say four names that are more important to cinema than some of those ones you just said. I know. It's yeah. wild. Your IMDb movie summary. The story of T.E. Lawrence, the English officer who successfully united and led the diverse, often warring Arab tribes during World War One in order to fight the Turks. Yeah. Uh, David Lean is a very big director, if you're not familiar. He also did Dr. Zhivago and The Bridge on the River Kwai. So many things. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, this is uh, not his first outing with Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah, yeah. I would require one of his best performances for sure. Alec Guinness uh, playing an Arab man in this movie. Yes, a little sketchy, little interesting, but like he is so good because he's one of the kings. Yes, and he's just like he just kind of pops into scenes and he's like, "How's everything going? You guys fucking me yet?" Is essentially what he's asking every single time he shows up. Are you guys fucking this up yet? Yep. This is. Kind of, sort of, based on a true story? Kind of, sort of, Kind of, sort of. I guess it's debatable how much of this is actually true. Right. And I guess that's a thing to consider. Sure. But it's about the life of Lawrence, Sir Lawrence. What a wild story. Yeah. Basically, he is an English officer who is, he just decides, he sees too much shit and he's like, I can do this if I do it my way. It'll be hard. It'll be difficult. I know people are going to die either way. Let's try it my way. And he just disregards orders and he gets all the results initially yep. and they're like fuck man this Lawrence guy have you heard about him and like even like then the Arab forces are like have you heard about him the Turks are like oh my god did you hear about this guy there is some dark subject matter in here yes very dark things that are implied things that are just shown yep violence and just things that like are very surprising for its time oh yeah no doubt and uh, just this movie is so much but this movie is fantastic. It is. For sure. I had a great time watching it, even though it took me probably five days to watch the whole damn thing. Did you, you watch it by <laughs> yourself, I take it? I did. Because you had to chunk it out. I did chunk it out. I was like, look, I, I, I went in knowing like I'm not going to get a four-hour sit on this. I was so. just hoping for the briefest second we had a dad score on this one. Oh, my God. Yeah, well... I'm sure he would put it high. If I was to guess his score, it'd be like eight and a half, probably. Okay. If I had to guess for him, uh, his favorite movie of all time is Casablanca. Wow, he is. Yeah, he's a classic cinema guy. He's a classic guy. Okay, I like that. That old classic dad he's guy. Old classic dad. Uh, I'll ask him what his score out of ten would be. I love that. For that, yeah. I'll, I'll get back to you later on that. But yeah, this movie very tough. You do get the. Uh, you find out what happens to like uh, your opening scene is the death of Lawrence. It is. So it's like okay, you know he's dead. How are you going to captivate me yep. for three hours on what he did? Yep. Like, I know how we get there. He dies in a motorcycle accident. That's your start of their movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why do I give a shit about this guy? Uh-huh. And I, they do an amazing job. Uh, the, the, the amount of things they do with people on both camel and horseback in this movie, the, the organization of this movie is insane. The scope of this movie is it's wild. It's massive. Yeah. Filming in the desert. There's a scene with a train that's pretty wild, like some of the stunts they did there. Yep. And just like, I wonder how many people actually got hurt and sick making this movie. More than probably they'd care to admit. For sure. More than are definitely talked about. But this movie is such a cool piece of cinema that I don't, I guess a lot of modern people can't sit through. No. In our, in our ADHD kind of way of living now, it's a little trickier. And we talk about this when we go back to this era a lot, but like I just think about certain scenes in this movie. Like that we talk about the best, like the most famous cut of all time when that match blows out. Yeah. And then it's just like you're transported. Like the, the magic of cinema, and this is what's kind of, we all know it. We like it's kind of lost itself. You know I mean, like we've all become desensitized to the magic of cinema, but the idea of going. Whew, and you're transported to another place and time mm-hmm. is kind of like it encapsulates the magic of cinema. Like it's so wild. It's like in what other medium can you completely change gears like that? Like you can't. Like artists work a lifetime to tell a story over paintings or in books where in movie in a second, you don't have to describe it. You don't have to just abruptly change chapters. It's just in a second, in the t- in a breath. You're totally yeah. somewhere else and totally transported into this story, which is awesome. For sure. 
for sure. David man. Lean. David Lean did such a good job. Everybody did such a great job. Oh, the performances in this movie are it's, outrageously good. And, like, it's thoughtful. Like, there's some things that are like, okay, this is outdated racism. Yes. And, or, like, they're portraying actual racism. So it's like this weird kind of... Right. You want to bring awareness to it and shine a lantern on it, but we still haven't gotten as evolved as we have or as thoughtful as we have. Some of the war scenes where all the... Ho- like, the horses rushing in to battle, and I'm like... Ha- and they're filmed from a far wide shot. It's something that, like, I see in a lot of the Japanese cinema that we watch because mm-hmm. we've talked about where do you put your camera? Yep. And I'm like, you see horses falling down. And I'm like, that horse legit fell down. Yeah. That guy's legit getting that trampled. That stunt is extremely dangerous. A lot right. of those stunts are extremely dangerous. Well, I don't know that this was an intended stunt. No. <laughs> so there's just so many the horse people. horse drop is one of the like, stunt people will tell you, especially if they work with horses, that's one of the, the most worst. difficult and scariest stunts to have to perform is the horse falling down stunt. I'm sure. Because you can't control, like you can't make the, the animal doesn't speak English or right. whatever language you're directing it in. It doesn't take direction. Right. It falls down because it's trained to fall down and it has no regard for the rider. Yeah. It's very scary stuff. And horse is big. Like, if you've never seen a horse Huge. in real life, Huge. horse is big and muscle, and right. it is intimidating. Yeah. Like, you think horse cute? Like, oh, I like a horse. Yeah, get in front of a horse, and then tell me you still like a horse. You got to respect that fucking horse, or that horse will take you out. It'll eat your shoes. It'll If it, you get kicked, like, you don't walk behind a horse for a reason, right? Like, if a horse kicks you, you're done. Over. You are done. Over. Yep. So, this movie... Amazing. Yeah. Let's get to them scores. Please. IMDb. Give it an 8.3. Okay. Pretty high up for, for them. For them high, yes. Uh, only 134 critics went back to this. They didn't have the testicular fortitude. That I have. That's Bam. Right. They gave it 94%. Okay. The audience, 50,000 plus 93%. There you go. For a almost four-hour film. Right. Yeah. I gave this an 8 out of 10. Wow. I think it is an astoundingly good movie. It is. And I I was like, man, I, I don't want to give it this a 9 or a 9.5. Like, I, I don't feel like that's truthfully where I would put it. Right. But I wouldn't argue with anyone who wanted to. No, the foundation is there. Like, that 8.0 is, like, all on solid cinematic foundation and storytelling. Yep. All the principles of film that just everything about it. It's great. The authenticity, the look, everything. It's a wild movie. It it's, is. It's something to be it's seen. Got its, it's got its age shows. It's a little shabby in certain things. So I think from a modern perspective, that's a pretty fair value. I think exceedingly fair compared to how most modern audiences would probably rate it at this point, for sure. It's an experience, kids. Go find it. Yeah. What do you have? A movie from 2022. Oh, well, that's way different. Yes. It's a man called Otto. Oh, okay. Yeah. Watch this on July 15th, 2023. It's two hours and six minutes. It's a drama. Ooh, a drama? Directed by Mark Forster, starring Tom Hanks. There he is. Truman Hanks. Ooh. And Mariana Trevino. Hanks. Hanks. Not Hanks. Oh. Your summary, Otto is a grump who's given up on life following the loss of his wife and wants to end it all. When a young family moves nearby, he meets his match in the quick-witted Marisol, leading to a friendship that would turn his whole world around. Okay. So super cliche, super cliche um, summary there, but he's an old grumpy man. He's going to, he actually seemed like in the beginning of the movie, buying stuff at the hardware store, you're not sure why, but you can tell he's an old grump. He's like, pays for the thing, and they're like, I'm sorry, I don't have any pennies, you know what I mean, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I need exact change, and like you can tell he's this old bastard. Sure. So you find out that he's buying all this stuff because he intends to kill himself with it. Okay. 
And so then uh, there's a, a Hispanic family who moves across the street and they can't park the car and he's trying to hang himself and he's looking out the window at this and it pisses him off that he can't back the car in. So he goes over and backs the car in for them and then they ask him to borrow a tool and like, he has to hide the fact he's going to kill himself and he kind of like find out he's a grump through the movie, but they end up kind of, you know how this is going to, they warm him up, yep. they warm his heart, he meets a couple other people in the neighborhood and they find out like he finds out that like one of them was a, a former student of his wife and you know I mean that ended up really touching him and meaning a lot to him and he finds out like the company that's running this neighborhood is trying to kind of force people out so they can you know I mean kind of redesign and resell the homes here for much much more than what they have right now so it's like this kind of like cruddy kind of underhanded deviousness that goes on but it's very grounded and realistic. I was going in like, I was just like, I know what this movie is. I know what this movie's going to do. I know every beat this movie's going to hit and I really don't want to watch it. But Sam was like, no, let's give it a try. And I was like, I'll give it a go. Let's give it a shot. And it ended up because of the simplicity of it. Like there's nothing crazy huge. He doesn't get a machine gun and go fight crime. No, nothing (laughs) crazy. Doesn't like do anything like the end of the thing. They end up kind of managed to, they have like a social media reporter who captures what the company's doing in front of everybody on video and releases it. And it's like, that's the win of the movie. So it's so grounded and kind of like, it's not aiming to do something crazy like this. Like he doesn't take over and shoot everybody in the company and become a champion and end up dying midway through or anything. But he does kind of, he impacts the people for the better and they impact him more so, which is unusual, I think. Usually you see like he would, you know, go on to do a bunch of stuff, but he's just a minimal impact and they kind of care about him a lot and kind of find them, like, I mean, like, He's the weak one, and he has to kind of come to grips with that mm. because he is so vulnerable. So it's like, that's oh, a pretty good little version of that. So nice. nothing like that. I'm like, woohoo, run to the run to the streaming and watch this movie. But I think you can do a lot worse, and especially with this kind of plot that we've had several, several times before. Right. IMDb gives it a 7.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 207 critics give it 70%. Okay. Again, pretty retreaded like nothing we haven't seen here but i think the audience kind of sways in the opposite direction because they really like it Five thousand plus 97 percent. oh wow yeah big swings i'm coming in with imdb on this one i give it a seven and a half out of ten that's cool i like that they're all except for the one in that range yeah it's like hey you could enjoy this thing it's an enjoyable movie it's not going to do anything you haven't seen before and, and like it's not tom hanks's strongest performance ever but it's certainly not him as elvis's manager right. or geppetto no, his strongest performance was The Burbs. It's really hard to argue with you on that one. I love that movie so I love much. that movie, too. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. I'm very surprised the audience was so high. Yeah, it's very I would have thought the critics would have been high. It's a good, feel-good movie. I think the critics are like, oh, yawn, I've seen it before. I'm getting I'm getting snarled at. Sam liked it more than I did, for sure. Sam, what would you give it, Sam? A nine. A nine. That was a good movie. A nine. That's German for no. Nine. <laughs> Well, I have a movie. Oh, I like that. We're supposed to have movies. Yeah, I got one. Good. From 2020, this movie is called Four Good Days. Not a good year to come out when you're a movie, though. No, it is not. I watched this on August 7th, 2023. It's an hour 40. It's a drama. Sounds like a drama. The title immediately, like, what genre is this? Drama. It's a drama. 100% drama. This is a tough movie. I'll tell you that right now. Directed by Rodrigo Garcia, starring the Mila Kunis, the Carla Gallo, and the Glenn Close. The Glenn Close. Yeah. Love the Glenn Close. 
I she's very good in this. IMDb movie summary: A mother helps her daughter work through four crucial days of recovery from substance abuse. There you go. Yes. Glad you watched this one and not me. Oh my goodness, this is a tough one. Yeah. So Glenn Close is Mila Kunis's mother, and is that believable? Um, good enough. Good enough. Enough. But um, I'm thinking of how they look. I'm like, they don't look similar at all. Right. Well, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Glenn Close just feels like everybody's mother ever. She is so good in this at like just like that's just a mom reaction. She's Sarah Plain and Tall. Right. She does such a good job in this of just being the mom who, like, doesn't curse much. Like, when she gets frustrated, you can, like, really feel it. Yeah. Like, oh, man, she got so flustered that she, like, said fuck or something. Yeah. Like, she's very mom. I right? love that. They do such a good job of making Mila Kunis look awful. So she has a drug problem, and she shows up at her door, and they're like fuck, not this again. Yeah. Like, we've already changed the locks. She won't let her come in. She's sleeping on the porch. The neighbors are all looking. Like, it's that kind of a story. And it's so incredibly sad. Uh, Steven Root plays the dad. Hmm. He only has a few scenes because he'll just kind of be in the house. It's more about their the other relationship. But he'll just show up and he's just like, it's like he's very, like, at the point, like, look, I get it, but, like, I don't know what else we can do. Right. We've gone through this a lot. And you find out it is a lot. It's This is like the 20th time she's shown up asking Shit. for help kind of yeah. thing. It's like, how is she even alive? Um, he's just out looking for a stapler the rest of the movie. He's like, that's my stapler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Steven Root. Oh, yes. So good. But yep. He's, he's And like, he's, he's a good dude, but like, it's all about them. And like, the mom's just like, you're not going to actually get help. So what ends up happening, the reason it's called Four Good Days, is she needs to be clean for so many days to try this drug. Okay. And they'll give her this drug at the clinic, and then she can't take drugs. It'll, they'll make her ill. But she won't be able to actually get high. Right. So it will keep her clean for a month, guaranteed, which so is like, like a clockwork orange kind of yes. conundrum here. Okay. Right. And the mother, it is the struggle of roughly, it ends up roughly being a week. Okay. That she has to stay clean and just like the the mother doesn't trust her and like what do you let her do and like she, oh she disappeared we were at the supermarket where did she go and like oh she just literally went around the corner like she's actually okay but then like weird things will happen it is very very drama very just like oh god what are you doing right like you don't trust her at all the whole movie um and you want to you really want to because she she looks like shit her life is ruined and there's all these interesting little dramatic flares that they add to this movie to where like Glenn Close really gives a good performance like man like i like that change i never looked at it like that like right and i didn't realize you were going through these struggles granted you're in an awful shape and there's no denying you need all the help in the world but like this is a bad spot like i didn't look at it like that yeah you know and it's very interesting that's cool i mean mila kunis is like a gorgeous woman so like to make her look so disheveled and like gross yeah and yucky is an interesting that's kind of decision to begin with yeah this movie, super difficult. I would say trigger warning on this one for sure. Yeah, makes sense. Um, just because it is so incredibly real. Yeah. It really does. And and Glenn Close just feeling like everybody's mom. Yeah. Just everyone's mom. I like that. I just wanted to hug her at the end. Like, it'll be okay, Glenn Close. That's right. <laughs> so IMDb, they give this a 6.5. Okay. The critics, 80 of them give it a 55%. Okay. The audience, 100 plus. Give it 81%. All right. We are 
all over the damn place. All over. And my wife and I have two very different scores as well. Ooh, okay. My wife gave it a 5.5. She goes, I hate drug movies. Why did I agree to watch this? That I sounds go, right. You chose this movie. Oh, wrinkle. <laughs> yep. Not a- I like gave a it grizzled detective film. Right. Yeah. Right. This isn't a thriller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I gave it a seven. I thought it was a very well done movie. It nice. definitely made me feel things and, and look at things. And I was just like, oh my goodness. I love you know? that. So uh, it's a good one. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. This movie is hard for me to review. Okay. But for wholly different reasons. Wholly reasons. Because there's some movies that like you just kind of grew up watching. You were it's this is one of those movies when it came on cable, you stopped and you, you watched, watched it. it. Yeah. It's just that's a movie I can quote. It's a movie that has like kind of like beyond quoting, it's one of those movies I just quote in my regular day-to-day life. You don't even realize you're it's doing a, it anymore. It's a hard, hard movie for me to separate from and review it, but I'm gonna do my damnedest to All review right. 1995's Tommy Boy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Watch this on July 20th, 2023. It is one hour and 37 minutes. It is a comedy directed by Peter Siegel, starring Chris Farley, yep. David Spade, Bo Derek, Dan Aykroyd, Rob Lowe. Like, this movie is stacked. Yes. It's a really good one. Here's summary for this one. After his auto parts tycoon father dies, the overweight, underachieving son teams up with the snide accountant to try and save the family business. Yeah. That's pretty much the the long and short of it. Damn, this is a tough movie for me to review because this movie is so ensconced in my everyday right. vernacular, my everyday. Like, it's just one of those movies, it's like, it's so deeply ingrained in me and my, like, how I think about movies and how I watch movies that it's hard for me to separate it nostalgically from actually an execution of a movie. It's not doing a whole lot, right? Like, it's comedy road trip movie. Right. But I think that Chris Farley and David Spade are so endearing together. They are so good together. Like, it's such a good duo. And I think the comedy, some of the high watermarks for comedy tend to be these duos we remember, right? Laurel and Hardy. Uh, other one. God, who's on first? Come on. Abbott and Costello. Thank you. God damn it. Um, I just like that you couldn't remember yeah, after that Yeah, totally sentence. brain farted. I got the Laurel and Hardy one. I mean, that's... Yeah, no, that's, that's half the battle. The one that meet all the universal monsters, the one I should know more right. actively. But it's like all of these famous kind of comedy duos that work through time, right? Like we saw it with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Like, oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Like, all, like it just... There's movies, and there's a bunch of the movies from all the folks I just named that you're not going to remember, but there are some that are like the high watermark, and kind of in the 90s, you had the start of that with David Spade and Chris Farley, where they did this, and they went on to do Black Sheep, and you right. know I mean? Like, there are a few movies that they did together, and it would have, you know, had Chris Farley not tragically passed away, would have probably continued for them every couple of years, they come out with their new buddy comedy, and I really feel like it's their chemistry that carry this movie as far as it goes. Like, Chris Farley plays such a good all-shuck well-meaning kid yeah. with you know what I mean like absolutely no brain in his head and David Spade pay, plays the like surprisingly deep character for the movie of the kid that was hurt and like kind of got taken in by uh, Big Tom Callahan and he means a lot to him even though it wasn't his real dad like that little monologue he had where he's like he's your dad but he was like a father to me and you know what I mean I worked hard and you just had everything and it was like wow you could tell like he actually like, you know what I mean well it wasn't gonna win him an award or anything right. surprisingly deep for a character in just like a buddy comedy movie because it doesn't have to be that 
No, it doesn't at all. He could just be like the snarky kid, you know what I mean? And that's just because they so you see him as little kids when he's trying to catch the bus in the beginning. Right. And it's like he could just be the snarky wise ass who just everybody in this town works for this dude because it's the one big operating factory left. And it's like you don't need much more than that. But they managed to put it in there. But then they also slip in like the gag where he's really bald for some reason that just comes up towards the very end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like so – like just little things like that. But like it's very funny. I think it works really well because they're so charming through the movie. I think the plot is typical, pretty typical road trip, like, fair. There's not much. But, like, the delivery, their reactions from each other is so funny. Like, it's it doesn't get much funnier than when he knocks the door off when they're pumping gas, manages to finagle the door back to closed, and he opens the door, it falls off, and he does, What'd you, What'd you, do? you do? Yeah, it's so good. That delivery <laughs> is so yeah. perfect. Like, it's so funny. Like, there's just these things that resonate. The housekeeping, like, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if he was one of the little rascals. Was he spanky? Like, all those little <laughs> things, the schnikes, like, all of that is yeah. just, you know what I mean? Like, that's just everyday kind of stuff that I would say or think about or giggle about, you know what I mean? Like, I can't hear the Superstar song by the Carpenters without thinking about that scene. Yeah. Like, it's just so good. They're getting pulled over and then running away, screaming that there's bees. Holy shit, it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your firearms are useless against them. Like that is just such a good one. I'm sure they ad libbed so much. Of oh that yeah, too. it's so funny. It's just it works across the board for me. And so again, I think upon re-review, I think it works. But I think it's largely on the back of the chemistry of the two leads for sure. For sure. I mean, this movie was so good it made me go to the theater to see Black Sheep. Which yeah, was not as not good. no. Even they couldn't carry that one. Right. Yeah, it's got moments, but for sure not uh, the bat. Yeah. It's <laughs> Osborne. That's like, that's a high watermark mode. But anyway, IMDb <laughs> gives this a 7.1 out of 10. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 46 critics. What do you think they gave it? Oh, man. 75%. Oh, no. 250,000 plus in the audience. What do you think that oh, they gave it? Way higher. 85. 90%. There we go. Yeah. All right. And I am coming in at an 8 out of 10 for yeah. Tommy Boy. No, Tommy Boy is a blast. It's so much fun. Even Brian Dennehy as the dad is great in the beginning. Like, it's just the casting was great. The chemistry is great. It's very funny. It doesn't all work at all the time, but it right. it's so endearing. If you grew up around this era, it's hard to not enjoy Tommy Boy. Farley probably would have been the next Belushi. Yeah, no doubt. I think so. I think that's fair to say. But uh, but sadly, he was the next Belushi. He he Belushi yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. He was Belushi and John. I saw a documentary that described this perfectly. John Candy, who was addicted to sex and food. John Belushi, who was addicted to sex and drugs. Chris Farley, who was addicted to sex, drugs, and food. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. But yeah, awesome movie. Schnikes. Schnikes. Shut up, Richard. <laughs> 